Welcome. little group tonight. We're going to have a quiet show, but we're still going to have a show. Um, so I'm going to give a, give folks a few minutes to get in here. And we I think we might have some special guests listening in tonight. I'm not sure. I want to make sure everybody can hear me. Hey, Cosmic. Hey, Mom. Uh, make sure everybody can hear me. I'm Dr. Lisa Summer Hour, and this is Divorce is Not a Destination. I am a coach. I work with successful women in high-profile positions. And I work through them because they've gone through a divorce and right now they're looking for support, community and confidentiality. I'm going to get my video on here as they as they move through what might have been a traumatic experience for them. And this podcast is an extension of the work that I do as a coach. And we've been on a four part series talking about attachment styles. Hey, Monica, we've been talking about attachment styles and tonight. I'm talking about what's considered, uh, it's called fearful avoidance attachment style, or another word that you'll hear is disorganized attachment style. And so uh, hopefully we're going to have a couple more people joining us. We had a pretty good group the last couple of weeks, and I, it's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to own this. As a friend of mine says, user error, because I didn't send out my reminders until kind of late today, because it's just been that kind of day. But we're still going to have our, our show and get into some, hopefully, some good conversation about this disorganized attachment style. And I'm just going to start up front. Monica, I got triggered. I got triggered just reading through the information on this particular attachment style. So I'm going to do a little recap because at this point we've gone through. We've gone. I know I'm still here. I didn't even go get the wine. Um, we've gone through the other three. So I started off talking about secure attachment style. And then I talked about anxious, the anxious attachment style, then avoidant attachment style. And now this is they, one of the things that I read said, this is the worst of two worlds. This is a combination of avoidant and anxious. And so they, it's referred to as fearful or disorganized. And you're going to understand why it's called disorganized as I go through this. So this is a style that all of these develop in childhood. All of these go back to those first 18 months, two years, the first few years of our, our life, because it's connected to how we were raised. It's connected to what the relationship was with the care to, caregiver. And I, I want to be clear, every one of these shows, I want to say this is not necessarily about you having a bad caregiver or somebody who um, was a horrible parent. It's more about the, the infant, the child's perception about what's happened and how they adapt or don't adapt to that. And it's what it, it just causes this behavior because of what they perceive. Now, does that mean the parents might not have been intentionally bad? Yeah, we have some some bad, dysfunctional, abusive parents out there that are creating different attachment styles in, in children. And then, you know, we all end up dating and marrying them as adults. And hello. Um, <laughs> um, but we're going to talk about this fearful avoidant, because if you know someone 
or have been in a relationship with someone or are close enough to them, hey, Charlie, are close enough to someone to be able to identify this, there are going to be some things you're going to hear that are just going to make you go, oh my goodness, that's what that was. And if you are somebody who is experiencing this or this feels or sounds familiar to you, then hopefully we're going to help you maybe identify some things that you can go and get some help to deal with. Now, I have put the link on here for the quiz. This is one of two quizzes that I've been sharing for the last month where you can take a short, pretty short quiz and find out what your attachment style is. And I have also been sharing every show because one of the things I learned over the last couple of weeks of research and all this information is that you're not locked in to an attachment style. You can, you're, you're, you're 18 months and you have a particular attachment style. It can change throughout your life. Your caregiver situation changes, that experience changes for you. And so your attachment style might change, or you can get into a relationship with someone where you may have had an anxious or avoidant attachment style and they're very secure and they can help pull you into feeling more secure and you could end up with a more secure attachment style. This one, when we're talking about this fearful, this disorganized, disorganized attachment style, this is the one where pretty much every therapist, the psychologist, all of them say, you're probably gonna need to get some help. This is not gonna be somebody in a healthy relationship that was secure, was able to turn, help you turn the corner on this one. This one, if you are identifying or realize that you've got these tendencies with this fearful avoidant attachment style, you want to get on uh, Google and I'm, I'm, you know, we're, we try to keep things light sometimes, but I, seriously, you want to get on psychology today, get on a website, find a therapist and really find out if in fact this is you and sit with somebody so that you can look back over your past relationships and, and connect the dots and then say, I, I want to do something about this and get some help because this is one that's really, really difficult to, to deal with on your own and to, to, to turn it into something else, to bring it into something that's more positive. So how do the attachment styles form? I want to repeat this for each show because I, I just want folks, if you didn't catch any of the other ones, I don't want you to, I want you to have a clear understanding on on how these attachment styles develop. So we're back in our infancy, we have our caregiver, um, and this is the person or the people who are responsible for your uh, physiological, your food, your shelter, but they're also responsible for your emotional well-being. So that soothing, that comfort, that attention, all the care that, that we need as infants. And if they're really sensitive and attuned to the needs of the child, this helps a child build what's referred to as a secure attachment, a secure attachment. If the caregiver, for whatever reason, isn't as in tune, if they're not responsive, if the child is feeling like their needs are not being met, they're not being met consistently, they're not being met at all, or they're actually feeling like they're being rejected, those will throw the child into any one of the three insecure attachment style. So there's one secure attachment style. There are three insecure attachment styles. And the problem with these insecure attachment styles is that they often can't be, they often don't leave them behind. We, we grow up and we just kind of grow into them and we don't even realize that it's an, an issue. They just don't go away over a period of time. We just grow up with them. And our other relationships that we develop as teenagers, as young adults, um, as people trying to have healthy relationships or wanting to have healthy relationships, we're bringing 
all the residue from those insecure or secure attachment styles with us. And that is how we end up responding in our relationships. So that's how any of the attachment styles uh, attach or, or get, get, get uh, come into play. So I'm going to go through the, the other ones now because I want you to hear the differences between so anxious attachment style. So this is the one where the child perceives that the parent is just unpredictable or neglecting. So the child might, as a result of feeling neglected, this is a child that ends up very clingy. Uh, they're very needy. So they don't get the attention that they think they're supposed to have. And what they end up doing is they try to work harder to get the attention. Like I'm going to make people love me. This person as a teenager, they continue to question, are they good enough? Um, am I enough? Am I lovable? Am I worthy? So I want you to think about your situation. Think about siblings, family members, friends, coworkers. Who do you know that has that sort of clingy, um, I need to work harder. I want people to love me. I want people to like me. That may be someone who has an anxious attachment style, right? Then the other one that we talked about uh, last week was avoidant attachment style. So this child perceives that their emotional needs were actually rejected by their parent. Um, so this child gets to a point where they don't even expect for the parent to respond. This kid has just like, I'm going to cry and I already know nobody's coming to my crib, right? <laughs> um, they learn to just stop expressing emotions, like just don't even cry because nobody's going to show up. Now this child grows up and they become that very self-sufficient, really independent person. They're not going to ask for help. If you offer it, they don't need it. I got this because I can't depend on anybody anyway. So why even bother? Are you upset? No, they're never emotionally. They may just seem like they're shut down or they may be very guarded. They may be very guarded. So the strategy behind that is attached to that avoidance style. Now it was interesting last week's show. I had somebody and I won't say her name unless she comes on. I'll let her, her speak for herself, but she's a, a regular on here. She called me after last week's show and she had her mom answer the questions for one of the attachment style uh, surveys that I've been sharing. I think uh, she may have done the one that's on here. Now you're seeing the attachmentproject.com, the quiz on theirs. And she said she was so surprised that her mom came up avoidant attachment. She said, but as I was asking the questions and my mom was answering the questions, she said, but that sounds right. And that sounds right. And wait a minute, that sounds right. She said, so while I was surprised, I felt like she had answered all the questions, honestly. And her mom was like, yeah, that sounds about right. Avoidant attachment. So it's really interesting that we can grow up with folks and be raised by folks and not necessarily know what their attachment style is. But she said after she sat and kept talking to her and then started looking back, she said a lot of it made sense. Her mom had been raised in a family with over 10 siblings. She was in the middle. Um, and I said, so she kind of got raised to some degree by some of her siblings. And so you got another kid, you know, basically being a caretaker for a younger kid and yeah, maybe there was a tendency to not have a response. You know, nobody came running when you were crying. So it's just, there are so many different things that could play into this and it's going to be unique. Um, even though there are, are, are ways to identify to some degree, which category or which attachment style this person or yourself, you might be associated with how we get there 
there could be uh, a lot of different ways on what the situation in your childhood looked like for you to end up in that same attachment style as someone else. But it was just interesting that um, for to get the call after the show to say, I, I need to talk to you about something. So we talked about um, anxious and then avoidant. So disorganized or fearful avoidant attachment style. I mean, just the name of it. Just di First of all, whoever wants to be categorized as disorganized, so you kind of know what's coming. Um, there's a continuity and a coherence in each of those attachment styles that I described above. And what makes this disorganized one what it is, is it implies that there's a lack of coherence to this person's social behavior. There's, there's just a disconnect. So most attachment uh, specialists, most folks who deal in this and work with people that are, are struggling with one of their attachment styles, um, this is the most difficult one. Like I said, this is the most difficult of the three insecure attachment styles because it incorporates both anxious and avoidance. So those two things combined make it really difficult. So if we go back to, um, we go back to childhood with somebody with this disorganized attachment style, this is a child and, and I have Monica. I'm so glad you're here tonight because this one may ring true for you. Monica, I always I love it when Monica's here and I like to introduce her because I want you all to know who she is. Monica Morton has a show on this platform called Strong Boss Bitches. And Monica is a very well-known um, private investigator. And so she's dealt with uh, when we talk about these attachment styles, she has things going on in her head because she's like, I know some of these people because of my work. But with this one, for a child, this is typically a child who has experienced trauma and or abuse in their childhood. And so they have a fear um, that is the central aspect in their development. They, they grew up in an environment where fear, fear was just a part of their everyday existence. So this child was just like the rest of us. Their survival depended upon this caregiver, right? The problem is that the source of their safety and the source of their care was also the source of the fear that they experienced. And so now you can see already where this fear, where this disorganized component comes into it, because it's the person that you are looking to, to take care of you. And they're the person that is creating this fear in your life. So the caregiver for this child showed a lot of contrasting behaviors. There was a lot of inconsistency, there was a lot of unpredictable behavior. And so the child starts getting afraid. They're afraid for their own safety. They don't know what to expect when they're dealing with this caretaker. And the child doesn't know when or if the care caregiver is actually going to even meet their needs. So it's, it's a hot mess um, when it comes to, you know, you imagine a child living in this environment what that must feel like for a, an infant, for a child who's not even able to express themselves to, to have that kind of a fear. So this caregiver might be abusive. It could be verbal. It could be physical. It could be sexual. Or the child could witness the caregiver abusing someone else, which would also breed that kind of fear and insecurity in them. So either way, however, if it's happening to them directly or if it's something, something they're witnessing, this child loses trust in the caregiver. And if you can imagine, if you even as an adult, if you've been in a relationship or know someone who's been in an abusive relationship where they feel like they have to trust the person that they're afraid of 
for whatever, for finances, for shelter, for whatever it is. And so this child realizes they can't really rely on their caregiver. They can't have their physical, their emotional needs met. And so this unreliability in a really fearful situation is what, what breeds this um, disorganized or fearful attachment. So um, if you're here and you have comments or questions, whenever, just use the little circle down in the lower left. It's got two lines in it. Hit that bar and let me know that you want to want to share something or you have a question because this is always open mic night here. So I want to talk about what do uh, folks that have a disorganized attachment style, what do their relationships look like as adults? And man, this is where I got a little triggered. It was just too real for me, to be quite honest with you. And I had a therapist actually point this out to me. And I, I when I read the book, you know, everybody, let me let me pull the book because I try to show every, I show you this book every week that we, we're going through this because it's become one of my favorites. Attached. Just look for the red uh, red heart that looks like two magnets on it. And there's another attachment survey in this book. If you are in a relationship, not married, well, even if you are, and if and especially as my therapist said, I give he gives this to all the single women that he he worked with. I was newly single, um, and he referred it to me. I think everybody should read it. But yes, if you're single, and because I work primarily with women, I'm going to say get the book read the book, take the quiz, take the assessment, learn what your attachment style is. Learn what your attachment style is so that you can look back over your relationships and see how it may have caused you some problems. Or maybe it was the thing that made your relationships, healthy relationships, even if they didn't last. All good relationships don't last forever. Sometimes people grow apart and they have enough maturity and sense to just part ways and be pleasant about it and be cordial about it. But you could still be two healthy people who have um, secure attachment styles and be in a relationship that doesn't last. It doesn't mean that if you figure this out, you're, you're going to have a guaranteed relationship with someone. But it does help you understand better what your needs are and what it looks like for you when your needs aren't being met. And for you to look at the person that you're with and be able to recognize some things about them when their needs aren't being met. Thanks, Charlie. I see... Um, Charlie clapping over there. So an adult with a disorganized attachment style, they have a fear of intimacy. Okay. They have a fear of intimacy and they try to avoid proximity. So it's very, very similar. This is probably sounding familiar for the folks with avoidant attachment. The difference between this disorganized adult and somebody with avoidant is they do want to be in a relationship. So it, it, for them, there's this disorganized, there's, there's a, it's a discombobulation, there's a disconnect. They want to be in a relationship, but they're afraid of intimacy. So take it back to the child who wants love, they want attention, they want to feel safe and secure, but they learn to be afraid of the person that's supposed to provide that. And now fast forward to the adult, they want to be in a relationship, they want to be loved, but they have been conditioned that the thing that I want most is going to scare the bejeebers out of me. It's the thing that I need to fear. So these adults expect they're waiting constantly to be rejected, to be disappointed and to be hurt because that's how they've been conditioned. And if nothing has disrupted that chain in their, in their processing, then that has maintained itself into adulthood. So this becomes their perception 
and in their mind, there is no doubt in their mind at all that they're going to be dis disappointed, rejected, and hurt by the person that they want to be with. It's just going to happen. And we all know if you talk to any kind of therapist or just how our minds work, the thing that we think about is the thing that we will manifest. If we believe that this is true, our brain does everything it can to make come into pass, to make real that thing that you keep believing is real. So if you have a disorganized attachment style and you are already preconditioned to believe the person I want to be with is going to hurt me, disappoint me, or reject me, and it's guaranteed, you're always bracing yourself to be hurt, disappointed, or rejected. So it's not even that these people like avoidance reject the intimacy. They're just afraid of it. The avoidant actually rejects the intimacy. This person may even want to get close to you, but it's scaring the daylights out of them when they do it. Um, they continue to look at this person as this caregiver, this person that they care for. Hey, Terry, they're looking at this person as being really unpredictable. So if you're dealing with somebody who has a disorganized or a fearful attachment style, they want to be in relationship with you, but they're afraid of it because in their mind, they already know they're going to get hurt. So they're bracing themselves for it. And they have trouble believing that their partner is going to love and support them the way they are. So all of that insecurity starts manifesting itself. So they expect and are waiting for the rejection. They're Like I said, they're waiting for the disappointment to come. Uh, for them, uh, this is a self-sabotage that starts happening. So if you've ever been in a relationship with somebody and you, some of you, anybody out there ever had a friend where you're just like, why do you keep sabotaging yourself, your relationships? You've been with a really good person or you had a job. You know, it could be people sabotage themselves at work. The person with a disorganized attachment style can become, they can develop a mental form of self-sabotage because their relation and they're because of that, their relationships tend to end prematurely and they may be really sudden, you know, to, to us, it may look very sudden to them. They've already been bracing themselves to be hurt, to be disappointed, to get rejected. And they've already sort of been plotting how they're going to end it or how they're going to sabotage this. Cause that way they kind of have some control over it as opposed to anybody else having control over it. So it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. So we're back to, if you think it and you believe it, then that's probably what's going to come to pass because your mind is going to create that thing that you keep telling it, this is what I want. Your mind doesn't know the difference between <laughs> what you make up and what's really happening. If you put it in your mind, then that's what your mind believes. And it will now work to make that thing happen for you. It wants you to be right about whatever it is that you're thinking. So the disorganized attachment style, someone with that attachment style is living in this world where I already know I'm going to get hurt. I know it's coming. I really like this person. I love this person. I'm happy being with them, but I already know they're going to hurt me. So you know what? This isn't going to last. This isn't going to last. I need to start making my exit route. I need to start, you know, doing whatever it is that you're going to do in the, in the book. It actually talks about this particular attachment style is very likely to start uh, creating a fantasy or daydreaming or reflecting on a past relationship. I'm telling you this, this, this thing triggered me, <laughs> Monica, you there with me? Yeah, this thing triggered me, but it was in the book. It's literally one of the things that they talk about. And the reason they do that is because 
they can fantasize about a relationship that they're not in because there's safety in that. That person is far enough away they can't hurt them. And they've already sort of demonized the person that they're with, preparing or planning to be hurt by them. So um, it's a really interesting, and this is why this particular attachment style is the one that they say you are more likely to really need to get professional help to move beyond this. And, and it gets a little deeper with this next section. So disorganized adults tend to have a negative view of themselves and other people. So it's, it's not even just, they just see negative everywhere. So they don't feel worthy because they weren't getting the love and the attention that they needed, or it wasn't consistent, or it was actually abusive. And they're also not able to trust anybody else. So their viewpoint of themselves and somebody else that they end up with is, is very negative. It can be very negative. These people are also at high risk of developing mental health issues. So more likely to have uh, substance abuse issues, uh, delinquent or aggressive behavior. And Monica, I think we talked about this last night, even with the, um, with the avoidant attachment style. Uh, that those folks actually lend themselves to not only more likely to be abused, but also more likely to be an abuser. And so this one, uh, abuse uh, is, is also a high probability or possibility, I should say, with somebody that has a disorganized attachment style, because we tend to, if we don't get help for these um, attachment styles, if it's one of the insecure ones, if we don't get any assistance, we tend to repeat the only thing that we know, and it doesn't matter how abnormal or dysfunctional it is. Hey, Monica. Hey, sweetie. So I'm, hey, I'm, here. you know, can you hear me? Oops. Okay. Can you hear me? You're back. You're on now. Yep. You went out and came back. You're back. But I'm, you know, I'm, I'm intensely listening to you and four times you have said that, that this triggers you. So I want you to take a beat and share exactly what what was the trigger and how did it make you feel? Thank you. So what it triggered me because, I, and I, it's funny because when I read this book, this book got me through the roughest period after a breakup. Uh-huh. Probably that first month after a breakup because I got this maybe two weeks after. And this is the book that actually helped me get grounded because it allowed me to identify what I had experienced. And so right. reading through the information, just, you know, when you start digging into stuff, you, I dig into it. And so it was like, oh my gosh, do you remember that? It was, it was causing me to remember, oh yeah, I, I recognize this. Like I, I, I read this part on this disorganized attachment style and uh -huh. I, can, I can see, a, I can see a face, you know, mm. but I can remember conversations. I can remember accusations. I can remember scenarios that I went through in that relationship. So that's what I meant by it, it triggered, it triggered something. It, it, it's that recall. Um, I do a thing in some of my workshops. It's, it's, uh, getting people to share stories of when they felt like they were being treated differently. Right. And we do it as a part of a diversity workshop. And sometimes we'll have people, well, I, I've never had a period in my life where I felt like I was treated differently. And we're like, no, everybody has a story, right? Everybody has a story. It might've been at work. It could have been in the playground as a kid. And when they tell these stories, very often things will come up for them that they thought they had forgotten about. 
or that they didn't think would impact them and they have to sit with it for a minute. So it's, it's, right. again, it's sort of like that trigger. And so for me, it was going, wow, yeah, I, re I remember this. Like th this is as accurate as if I had written it. Like it's almost like I'm reading a case study and it could have been yeah. mine, right? Yeah. It could have been mine. So yeah, that's that's what I meant when I said that. Thank you for thank you for giving me that moment um, of doing that. <laughs> <laughs> but I wanted to, I wanted to ask you when 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 have you had? Because I know you've had thousands of cases and trying to recall any of them. But in dealing with situations where you've got really young children, or when you're talking to people that have gone through some of these trauma traumatic experiences. Is this something that sounds familiar to you in terms of learning what this person may have done or experienced and then finding out background on how they were they grew up? Oh yeah. I mean, it's funny as I'm listening to you, there's 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 two people clearly. Uh one one is a family member but is deceased and that description that you just provided is exactly who they were. And you know, because I didn't know how to label it, but listening to you, that's exactly what 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 their what the problem was because it described them to a T. And and it's funny as I listen to this description, I I can I see those qualities in a lot of people, Lisa, and it's actually disturbing when I'm listening to you because I mean none of us are perfect and all of us want to be you know balanced and productive and you know positive and all these kind of lovely things but there are a lot of very emotionally scarred people walking around yes. and you know if if you you know it makes me upset a little bit for for myself as I go through life and you know, people see me and they and they're always lovely and they pay me these wonderful compliments. But it's funny when people ask me, you know, well, you're you're so grounded and you're you're so balanced. And and what they don't understand, Lisa, is that I had to put the work in. I knew it. Hey, Terry. Yes, it's it is. It is. Look, there's a I got a whole I got two bookshelves in this office. And they are not for decoration. I buy books primarily <laughs> because I think they're going to help me first. Okay? Absolutely. And then my hope is once I figure out how can I use this as a tool for myself, I'm trying to figure out how to share this with clients or on this podcast or somebody's podcast, because I think a lot of us don't really do the work. We yeah. learn how we learn how to talk it. You know, we, we yeah. all watched Oprah and Dr. Phil. People have learned how to say what sounds but right. But you know what, Lisa? I got girl, you you got to give me two minutes to just get some off my chest. So let let me just get it off Terry's my chest. And I gotta I gotta tell y'all about Terry. But go ahead, Monica. Hey, so I don't I don't want to I don't want to upset the apple cart. I don't go want ahead. anybody. To, I don't want nobody to get mad with me. But Lisa, you know me. I gotta keep Thank it real. So I was on a podcast last night. I got contacted by um, a professor at one of the colleges that has recently had a mass shooting. Oh. And they asked me to come on and speak to their audience in regards to gun safety. So it was myself and it was another police officer in law enforcement. And I'm going to tell you what's so freaking disturbing to me. This recent shooting at the bank. I listened to an interview of this young man's mother. Yes. 
when she called 911. And this woman, you could tell she swore on her life that her son, oh, here, you asking me to do that. Okay. That her son, okay. <laughs> that her son. People could be in their pajamas. I just hit the, come on in the video. Girl, you're so funny. That's okay. That her, if you were in your pajamas, you could come on because I know your pajamas probably look like evening wear. And you, you know what? My, my boyfriend said that the other day. He said, you are the only black woman whose pajamas look like damn clothes. I was like, boo, I am not going to be around here raggedy. I'm so sorry for you. I don't know what to tell you, precious. But Lisa, I listened to this woman on 911 saying that her son was not violent and the 911 operator asked her she says ma'am does he have a weapon she says oh no he's not violent he would never ever have a weapon he would never have a gun and i'm going to tell you something lisa what upsets me about this is not just her but so many people not just parents but people see what they want to see and i really felt I felt bad for her because she had so much confidence in who she perceived her son to be instead of who he is. Yep. That young man went and killed his coworkers. Yes. And she, you know, she's telling the 911 operator he's not violent, he doesn't have any guns. This boy had just went six days prior and bought a doggone assault rifle. Not a gun, an assault rifle. And she just, oh, he would never, he, and I get so upset because I want people to get their heads out of their asses. And I've said this before, and I said it last night on that podcast. It was so many people on that podcast because I was, you know, I was offering tips and telling them what to look for. Girl, Lord Jesus. I was offering them tips and telling them what to look for. And I told everybody, I said, yes, be concerned about your children on these campuses. I said, but y'all need to wake the hell up. And, and that that's segueing into what you're talking about. You cannot make excuses for people when they clearly show you that they are going through some type of traumatic mental health crisis, whether it's anger or whether it's depression or whether it's obsession with video games or pornography or whatever it is. Get your head out your ass. Start paying attention to your husband's companion, lovers, children, every damn body, because it's so many people that are in crisis and nobody, nobody pays attention to they go and shoot up every damn body. Then everybody's sitting like, well, now maybe I understand now, what, was, yeah. what was going on with Johnny. What was going on with little Mary? Pay attention. Yep. And say something because, you know, talking about this, that research says that for folks with this disorganized attachment style, they're more likely to have borderline personality, you know, disorders. Disorder. I think sometimes yeah. people, we have people close to us who are really skillful. They're very talented. Mm -hmm. They seem to be really nice people. And we see little flare ups and we dismiss them. And that's, see, you know, people, go, people go, didn't you notice? It's like, you know, but when you start seeing a string of them, you do go, oh, wait a minute. But one of the problems is we don't know what these things are. So we don't know, we, we don't know that there's some attachment style. And that's why I'm doing this series 
because I want people, whether you're in a relationship or it's a family member or a coworker, when you start looking at these, these types of, of, of attachment styles, these four attachment styles, and you realize, okay, this is definitely not secure because it manifests itself outside of just relationships. This is how this person deals with things and other people. And, and I, I don't want to keep talking, keep talking because I know Terry is waiting, but I want to share something real, 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 real quick. There's a young lady who comes on my podcast quite often, right? And was, was in a horrible, abusive relationship where it wasn't the lover, it's her parent. Mm-hmm. And Lisa, I had to, I literally had to put my foot down, you know, Broke, 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 broke the person's jaw, broke their nose. And I was like, when, when are you going to love yourself enough and recognize that, yes, you want to honor your mother and your father, but this is not about honor when a parent is physically abusing you. It is time for you to leave. It is time for you to go. And I almost had to kind of pull away a little bit because I didn't want them to think that I was supporting this continual, you know, so this this description that you have, this is this person's parent to a T. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you because to that, a T. Is, that is to a T. one of the signs of somebody yep. that grew up with the disorganized attachment. There was to some a sort T. of emotional, physical, mental abuse very yep. likely coming from their caregivers. Yep. And if this has continued into this person's adulthood, mm-hmm. yeah, there, there, there's no way you're going to come through that and, yeah. and not have an in, some insecure attachment style. Absolutely. Hey, Terry, before I, Terry, I need you to come off a of microphone and I'm going to see if he can get on camera too. But I have <laughs> to tell you guys a story about Terry. Terry is the reason I am on here. Terry is the reason I have a podcast. He is oh, my nice. Podcast mentor. Yes, he is my podcast mentor. Okay. So I met Tori, Tori, I met Terry (laughs) five years ago at a, at a pool party. Yeah. I found out he did a podcast. He came and plopped next to me and I found out he did a podcast and I said, you're going to be my podcast mentor. Yeah, you did. Yeah, I did. Cause I was like, I've been thinking about doing one for years and I I didn't even know how to, I've been every now and then I would get on and dabble on how to find one. And my niece gave me a a app Mm -hmm. or something and I started, I worked as his, I still do, his producer on his podcast on Fireside. Oh, nice. I, I had okay. all his back office. So that's how I learned Fireside because I was actually looking at another service to use. So I credit Terry with me even having a podcast. And I'm so excited when he gets on here because I know he's busy. Uh-huh. Before you comment, well, would you I'm so proud of you. you. Oh, thank you. I want you <laughs> Lisa, to tell us you, about you, your, new, your new CD, though. Uh, okay, but let, let me just okay, talk about I'll you just for a quick moment. Thank you, and and thanks for the praise. And and I want to just share it right back and reflect it right back because not only have you become, um, you know, I know that I have been your I've been your mentor for podcasting, but you've very quickly become my peer as a podcaster. I every time you uh, participate in my show, you elevate the show, you elevate the conversation. And when I listen to your show, it's always fascinating to me. You know, we, we have different topics that we cover, but you, your, our intentions are aligned in speaking the truth. And uh, so I love the work that you're doing. It's just fantastic. And thank you. 
And uh, so my new album, yes, uh, since you were asking, and thank you for asking, it's called Surface, and it was released just a couple of weeks ago. It was started, uh, we started recording it right before the pandemic, and then it all came to a halt. And then miraculously, uh, other, my peers and musicians from not only locally, but nationally and internationally, globally, globally, uh, Amsterdam, India, everywhere, uh, we all came together and completed this record. And I'm so proud of all of us uh, for for stepping up and figuring out how to, as both of you would appreciate this because you're both life coaches. We, you know, it's about the music, but really the true story about this record is the connectivity, that the connection, the intimacy that we we managed to to create and share and collaborate on and capture. And that's what I'm the most excited of about this whole record i'm i'm in love with the music but i'm in love with the process and and the people that all of us were able just to to connect on such a deep level and create together and and collaborate so it's out um you can go to my spotify page and hear it uh terry wallman go to the spotify page look for terry wallman w-o-l-l-m-a-n you can see his name on here his show on fireside is called making it with terry wallman and he speaks to creatives. I'm not going to just say entertainers because he speaks to creatives about how they have done what they've done and what things they overcame and what do they consider. He's got questions at the end that he asked everyone. And, and what I loved about working with Terry is I told him, I said, I've, I've been interviewed by a lot of folks and I've seen a lot of interviews. Terry, you are one of the best interviewers. There, Thank you. He interviews from his heart. He's like Monica. They do their freaking homework. <laughs> uh, and I mean, they do their homework. Terry does his homework. He he would send me the bios, all this stuff in advance. So we get on there and we look like we know what we're doing because we, we're doing our homework. And, I, and I'll be honest, I probably did better background work when I do Terry's because I don't want to let him down than even on my own show, if I'm, if I'm honest. It's like, you should have read this a little more. I'm like, I got stuff highlighted. I didn't go into people's personal lives. I didn't done everything but hired Monica. That's to, right. <laughs> I done everything but hire Monica to find out about the people that Terry's going to interview. Well, we we set the bar high, you know, you and I. So, and but it's great because it makes the conversations more interesting, more meaningful, and and because like yourself, Lisa, and I would imagine you as well, Monica, I've been interviewed a lot because I'm an artist. And, and so I know what bad interviews are like yeah. because I've been the recipient of, of many. Yeah. But yeah. This our opportunity, um, all of ours and to create, uh, to create a, an environment, a space where it can be the interview you wish they always were. Mm -hmm. So that's what I always strive for. Yeah. Well, and, and also it's, it's not just about what I really enjoy about it. And I enjoy you know, collaborating with you, Lisa, on it as well, is it's not just about creating and maintaining a successful career. It's about creating a successful life. Life, yes, yes. That's yes. what I'm interested in. Because it's all connected. Yes. And when people yes. really talk to someone, what I love is when you're talking to people, they're so used to it only being about their craft. Right. They're so used to it only being about one thing. And we always right. get into 
but what it, what has it meant for your life and how has it impacted your life and what does making it and when people get to answer that question you find out that no matter what it is that they've done to become famous or successful the things that really they really appreciate about being interviewed well is when they get to tell you what really is important to them and yeah. not necessarily the skill of playing a, an instrument or traveling yeah. the world or being an actor or an author or a lawyer or whatever. Right. So a CEO Terry, I wanted to company. ask you, as you were yeah. listening, because I didn't know if you had something that you wanted to comment on about what we were talking about today. Yeah. Um, you know, both of you mentioned this too, and it's really what resonated with me. It's about doing the work. You know, you both have said that multiple times about stepping up and, and the accountability ourselves to do the work to get out of a bad situation. And also the accountability of family members. You're talking about the the family of, of the most recent shooter. You know, it's so seldom, whether it's for legal reasons or moral reasons um, or both, but where somebody will take accountability or accept some sort of, some sense of, of, of profound, you know, even if it's too, too late or after the fact, but a, of just saying, you know something, I miss that. I miss the, yes. He did have a gun, but I forgot, or I thought he didn't have it anymore, or I just thought he was having a bad week, or she, or, you know, right. any of that, like to step up. It's, you know, every once in a while, some family member, a parent of of a mass shooter will make a public apology. And I'm always deeply, profoundly touched by that because I would imagine they're doing it against their lawyer's advice, but they're doing the right thing. Yeah, yeah, They're stepping yeah. up and saying our our hearts break for the families who have been impacted by the action of my child. Yeah. Right. And, and, and our hearts are broken as anybody, well right now. For but, anybody yeah. who just, just comes in, we're 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 talking about at this point kind of personality disorders and psychological disorders that we, we stemmed off from talking about attachment styles and this particular mm -hmm. disorganized attachment style. But Terry, to your point, I do believe the parents of the the kid in mass in michigan have been charged right monica they've charged the mother yes. or if it was both parents because he mm -hmm. went he yeah got the gun they had something to do with him getting the gun and the young the mother of the six-year-old who shot his school teacher the teacher um was yeah. turning herself in and if she may have done it already she was t saying that her attorney said she was going to be turning herself in because they're holding them accountable but this that's the right thing to do yeah absolutely you know, yep. I, I, I can't see, imagine. Oh, Charlie, I see Charlie was on here, and I just want to see if he had a comment that was related to what we were talking about in terms of the detachment style before I, I, I go, because I want to talk about if you can change it or what this actually might look like, uh, what it might feel like. Charlie, you want to take yourself off of uh, mute? Hi. Hi, Charlie. How are you? I am well. Hello, Terry, uh, Terry and Monica, and everybody else in your audience, too. Hey, Charlie. Hi, Charlie. <laughs> Before I say anything, I just want to give you your flowers because one, you're a black woman. I'm black. I'm a black what? man, 31. And it, and I just, I love the, the narrative. I love the conversation. And I just, I just, I love the fact of seeing what you're doing and where, how you're doing. It. And I just want to give you that before Thank I say anything. You. Thank you so much. Thank you because. You don't know. I, I love the conversation. Um, it's Dr. Summerhour, right? Am I saying yeah. that right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Nailed it. Um, 
So I actually have a podcast that um, called I'm Just Saying, and I oh. did an episode on attachment style and attachment style and attachment theory. Um, and this is, I'm a relationship coach and that's the reason why I made the podcast. And it's, it's just, it's such a big deal to make, to, to learn what this means and to learn how to live with it. Yes. I'm, I'm a huge, huge Carl Jung is like, I'm a philosopher as well. So young, I'm a youngian all the way through and through. I talk about, um, individualism all the time and doing the shadow work and this is one of this is a part of learning that and uh it's just a big deal just how you guys kept saying doing the work is such a big deal uh as far as the shooting goes i i don't have too much to say about that because it's 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 news to me you're telling me about it right now but as far as this conversation is happening even right now i took the um i took your quiz and i didn't even know my attachment style (laughs) What? It's preoccupied, uh, preoccupied, um, anxious. I think it said. Okay. But, did that, did, and how that, did that feel for you? Did that feel accurate for you? Nah, I felt right. <laughs> I know. I know who I am. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I know exactly who I am. I know exactly where I've been. That's great, Charlie. Yeah. That's but see that. Like, it's a part of like you said you got to do the work and you know uh a lot of times people watch me and they talk about how like she how monica just said like you're balanced and you seem so grounded and you do all this different stuff with tarot and all this and she's so mm-hmm. spiritual i'm like listen why do you think i got into this i got into this because i'm broken like i'm trying to figure out how to fix myself so like, <laughs> it was for me first look i tell people we can all work to change the world one person at a time but that first person has to be you absolutely the first yeah. person has to be the first person has right. to be me absolutely yeah my wheels are lopsided <laughs> i can't roll up alongside you and tell you nothing sometimes they still gonna be wobbly but i'm trying to keep them on the vehicle yeah, yeah. so charlie i want to thank you charlie what is the name of your show again Oh, on Fireside, it's called What's on Your Heart. What's but on your heart? I have, yes, What's on Your Heart. But I have a, a podcast on Anchor called I'm Just Saying. Okay. And just, it really gets into that. And I, and I thank you, because did you say you're 31? Mm-hmm. Oh, look at me and Monica and Terry are like, oh, 31. <laughs> 31. Let me, like, let me tell common. you, I would not. I would oh, not I trade back, it. I wouldn't I trade it, honey. Do you hear me? I cannot go back. You thirty one, you stay right on back there. Okay. But I'll stay back there. I, I wanna I wanna I wanna I wanna shower some stuff on Charlie because at thirty one okay. and you said you're a thirty one year old black man to do mm-hmm. this kind of work, I just wanna say thank you. I just wanna yeah. say thank you because we thank know you. that mental health issues are real. And while this is yeah. not a mental health issue, it is a it is a behavior pattern that people mm-hmm. learn. And mm-hmm. this particular style, this disorganized attachment does lend itself to be more likely for people to have a personality disorder, borderline mm-hmm. personality disorder as a result of this. And so mm-hmm. for you to be out here doing this kind of work, thank you, because it's going to influence. You're going to find more people who look like you that are going to pay mm-hmm. attention to you. For sure. Yeah, that's why I do it. To, yeah, we need this not to be something that people are avoiding or ignoring or just ignorant about. It's like you said, yeah. we don't know. 
we could be talking about cousin. You know, cousin so and so, they just crazy. But you know, their mama used to beat them when they was little with everything. And we don't and now to be able to go. Oh, wait a minute. There, I heard something about this attachment theory or this attachment style, and I think that was right. this organ. For someone to be able to go and look and go, oh, okay, yeah, maybe this is what's going on. Because now, right. when you know it and I can identify it, you can get help for it. Yeah, for mm -hmm. sure. You can get Definitely. help for it and not have to treat somebody like don't other them, don't make them an outcast, don't just sit them at the table by themselves at Thanksgiving and just try to keep them calm. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Stop. Mm -hmm. I can't look at Monica. Wait a minute now. Or just a, a, or a bo avoid Thanksgiving. Let me tell Don't you what. I got. Some, I have some family members so crazy. Turkey, ham, and macaroni and cheese cannot get me to come. Do you understand me? They so crazy. I really just. I rather just skip Thanksgiving than no, to be bothered with them because they loony as Fruit Loops. She said, "I'm just gonna put a pot pie in the oven and stay girl." And hello. No, it, is, it is. We ostracize folks and w because we don't know. And we just figure out, I just need to figure out a way to tolerate them. Yeah. So a little bit of time, I got to be at Nana's house or whoever's house. And now we can kind of go, okay, wait a minute, y'all. We need to help Cousin Bebe. Because, Look. you know, somebody. You know why I'm... But I'm smiling right now because I'm sitting here in a conversation with three people, Charlie included, who are just real embracing mental health, you know, the the, the importance of and 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 self-care and you know, not going to a, a family event because it's not worth the you know, the turkey and the ham. It's not not if the macaroni and cheese don't get you there, that's a bad thing. But and I'm gonna Monica and I try to get on each other's shows. I will sit. One time I was almost late for mine because I was listening to her replay of hers. <laughs> and I was like, oh, you got your own show to do. Because the, the support that we get here and we, oh, yeah. we both just have a sense of humor. I'm not going, I'm not going through life not laughing. We have right. laughed. My family has laughed in the middle of a funeral. We have been sitting there trying to hold back a laugh because <laughs> look, you got to keep yourself as sane as possible. We all right. have dysfunction. It's to what yeah. degree. And how much of a problem is it for other people? Because if my yeah. dysfunction just entertains me, it doesn't bother you. But yeah, it's may I? Stepping out. So I think I think we can shed a light on on things like this and things as serious as actual mental health issues, and still have some humor. I'm just I don't ever want to be so politically correct that I can't find a way to laugh my way through some stuff. And now yeah. my mom is a little my my mom is laughing now. She's cracking up right now. Um, and so so. Thank you again, Charlie, because I, I just appreciate the fact that this is the work that you've chosen to do. So I want oh, y'all to yeah. listen to this because I want you to see if these things sound, This these are little sort of analogies about this disorganized attachment style. Living with this attachment style is like, um, it's not easy for the person. So imagine that you are playing a game and you don't get the rules to the game. Oh, That's what it feels like for them. You're playing a game but you don't get the rules. And that's what it's like trying to deal with somebody with this. Or you want to play with other people, but you were never taught how to interact with them. So mm. this, this one, is, you can imagine a kid standing on the edge of a playground and they want to go get on the swings and they want to get on the monkey bars and they want to get on the little, the little seesaw, but they're so afraid because they don't know how to interact with other kids. That is the feeling that they liken it to somebody with a disorganized attachment. I, they want to be in a relationship. 
they want to be loved they want to share this intimacy but they're so afraid of it because it's foreign to them they literally have never experienced it they didn't have it as a child they grew up without it and you're talking about monica somebody who's actually an adult who is still struggling with it they're not getting yeah. it now they're still in the dysfunctional abusive part yeah from their caregivers who are no longer even their caregivers, but that attachment doesn't just disappear. It, like yeah. I said at the very top, it doesn't just go away. Yeah. Now, people can heal um, the disorganized attachment style. This one causes a lot of distress and it can cause a lot of confusion when it comes to social interactions and intimacy. So it can be really, really harmful. And being around somebody with this attachment style is challenging. You're mm -hmm. dealing with somebody who has lived with unpredictability, with a lot of suspicion. Yeah. And so no matter how much you love them or love on them or care about them or care for them, you got to understand that in the back of their mind, they're waiting for you to stop. Yeah. They're waiting for you to stop. And so you'll hear things like, don't do that for me. You don't have to, you know, take care of you. Don't you do something nice. I had never been with somebody where I would do something nice for them. And they would say, you don't, don't do that again. You don't have to do it. Don't do that. And you don't even know where it comes from because that's foreign for me. Right. Yeah. And so when when that's your experience now, you know, you can look back. But if you're hearing these things, I want you just to start being aware that there's something else going on here. And this yeah. is a good time for some couples counseling. And y'all know <laughs> If I don't say if I don't say go to counseling or therapy at least once every episode, I think they're going to shut me off. I believe in counseling. I think it is the best gift you can give yourself. Yeah. You read all the books in the world. But it is nice to have that that outside party, that third party, the professional that can be objective. Yeah. They're not eating, they're not having, they're not making macaroni and cheese for you. They don't even know what you like in your macaroni and cheese. Yeah. So they're going to sit and talk to you and they're going to give it to you straight. Yeah. Ask you questions that you are afraid to ask yourself or just didn't think of. Yeah. So somebody with this attachment style. Um, again, it, it comes down to trust. If, if I had to, if I had to put it in, in one word, mm -hmm. I would say it's a major trust issue. They wow. haven't been able to trust the people who were supposed to care for them. Yeah. And because they never had a behavioral, a consistent behavioral situation where I'm getting love, I'm getting everything I need, and I can trust that this is what the world's going to give me. They never had that. And sometimes mm -hmm. we're trying to get people to understand from our perspective and I, I it makes me think of td jakes one of his last books it's on the shelf somewhere too he says a, a turtle will never see from the perspective of a giraffe Ooh, wow a turtle will never see from the perspective of a giraffe doesn't make the turtle less than doesn't mean the turtle's wrong it's just no matter what that giraffe describes to that turtle, that turtle does not have a perspective of seeing above a tree. Yeah. It, it's like, I don't know, why is this giraffe talking to me? So when, we're, when, when you, if you have a secure, a secure attachment style, whether you grew up with it or you've adapted into a secure attachment style, or you have a little bit more self-awareness because you've done the work, when you are talking to somebody with a disorganized attachment style and you're saying, but you just need to pay attention. Well, just think about, they are looking at you like that turtle is looking at that giraffe. <laughs> yeah. Like, right, what is, what, they're like, what, is, what are you talking about? The top of what tree? 
And, yeah. and we have to catch ourselves when we are doing that because we can do it out of all of the, for all the right reasons, our intentions are as honest and yeah. pure as they could be, but the impact is not, it's not landing because this person really doesn't have the capacity because only the only thing they know yeah. they can't trust. Yeah. So trying to get them to just trust because you're going to talk them into trusting. Mm -mm. It don't happen that way. Trust takes time. Uh, Stephen yeah. Covey's uh, Speed of Trust talks about you have to make trust deposits. You just have to imagine that their bank has so many deficits in it. Yes. That you're not gonna you're not gonna reverse that in a couple yes. conversations. They need yeah. therapy. Yes. So one, it literally says one of the ways to start working on this is for them to work with a psychotherapist. Like they really need help. And yeah. when we can, Charlie, God bless you. When we can get to a point where mental health issues or behavioral issues are not looked at as being so wrong or dysfunctional or we just want to put them in the closet and just not deal with it or we're embarrassed or shamed or take it to god look let me just say something look i got i got a whole shelf of bibles and but three of my degrees are from christian universities so i don't even i, I don't even need to have a conversation about the word I, if I don't understand some part of the word, I have enough discernment to go read it and, and he'll give me. But we got to stop telling people that God's going to fix everything. Yeah, because I agree God with that. Gave us therapist. Yeah, God gave us therapist and God gave us doctor. Because I'll tell you, this is the story I tell people. You go in and you say you got a problem with your marriage. And we both know of people who have been getting beat and they get sent home because you're not supposed to break up your marriage. You go in, you say, we got a mental health issue. Oh, pray about it. You don't need to go to a therapist. You go down that thing and break your arm, putting money in that basket and see if they don't take you to a doctor. Nobody's praying over your broken bone. We have to stop treating things that we can't see that, are, yeah. that need to be fixed. Yeah. Just because we can't see the break physically yeah. doesn't mean it doesn't need to be repaired. I agree. We need to go get help from the same professionals that God blessed to be good at their job. Yeah, we need to go seek those folks out so they can help us. I agree. I used, to, I used to belong to an organization of Christian therapists, and they used to say, and everybody in here knows that God blessed them to be in the position that they're in. So if you got a problem, then find a, find a person of faith that you align with and go get the help that you need. Absolutely. It doesn't have to be, and it doesn't have to be your pastor because your pastor may not necessarily be equipped to deal with this stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. Help that you need. So this, yep. in this case, they're saying psychotherapy. Somebody that you can trust to at least know what it is they're doing. And if the mm -hmm. first one doesn't fit, doesn't feel right, go find another one. Yeah, that's another thing. People go to one and they're not feeling right. They, you know, because and then they stop. Yeah, you have yeah. to keep going till you find the right person that your yeah. spirit and your energy feels comfortable with. Yeah, because the therapist yep. got raised by somebody too. Absolutely. So, they, they, you know, I, yeah. <laughs> someone just told me they said their coach Bad. told them if you're a coach who doesn't have a coach, you're a hypocrite. So most of the therapists that I've ever known have therapists. Yeah, that's true. It just is. So you want to just be able to make sense of your life experiences and the environment that you've grown up in, and this is a good way. Looking at things through this attachment style is just one way for you to get uh, um, 
take these quizzes or take this assessment. Charlie's so funny, he went and took it before the thing. Um, and that the one that Charlie took is only a couple of minutes. There's another one that I send people to that's a little bit longer and you can do one for yourself and one for your partner. So Charlie, go to the go to this book, Attached, on the, the book for Attached Online and you'll see another okay. one and they'll give you two. And the what I love about this one is you could take yours and it will let you take one for the other person. Like they don't even have to take oh. it. If you know them well enough, you can actually answer the questions for them and get an idea yourself. So if it's somebody okay. that you've been dating a while, you'll know the answers to the questions mm -hmm. because they ask them from your perspective. Yeah, but I'm definitely gonna check just, that out. Folks, this is just one way for you to say, let me learn a little bit about myself. Yeah. Let me learn a little bit about myself. And if I can learn a little bit about myself, maybe I can encourage somebody else to learn about themselves. Yeah. And now we can work on this together. And that, right. that is the whole reason. Like I, I tell you at the beginning of the show, um, I'm a breakup and divorce coach. I primarily work with women, but I work with some exceptional men, helping them deal with these experiences that we have trying to be in healthy relationships and what happens when we're out of them. And it can be really traumatic for people. And mm -hmm. my primary focus and reason for doing this, having been divorced more than once, is I don't want anybody walking around in shame or blaming other people because I just don't believe that that's what God intended. I know yeah. that I was put here to do certain things and to be able to represent my faith and my values and shame and blame don't have any place in that. They just yeah. don't. And so, yeah. you know, uh, they say guilt is what you put on yourself. Shame is what you allow other people to put on you. Mm, wow. That's powerful. So if, you're, if you're walking around here feeling guilty, that's on you. Deal with that. If you're walking around here feeling shame, figure out who the people are in your circles because maybe some of them don't need to be there. Monica, what's your next show next week? You know what? I actually changed my show. Um, I did. I and I'm going to tell you why I changed it because of all these calls that I've been getting about th just, just the, okay. I, th this thing that just happened in Tennessee really bothered me, Lisa, for so many reasons. But she changed her show because I was almost throwing it to her because she was doing a show on, what was your show going to be? Bye, on? Felicia. Bye, Bye Felicia. Teaching people how to bless and release people, honey. When you see folks as toxic, you better find a way to bless and release them, girl. But so I'm going to tell y'all to stay tuned for her show because she will come back to buy Felicia. Yeah, buy Felicia's going to be the following week. But next next week, my show is called the um, the rate the the racial the racial divide. I mean, our country is just. It's crazy. And it's the yep. elephant in the room that people don't want to talk about, Lisa. And this damn racism and this prejudice. And I mean, look what just happened in Tennessee. You cannot tell me that that didn't have something to do with race. Just a little bit. Oh, 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 okay. I mean, and they're just ridiculous. And we have to start really having open, honest conversations about this because people don't want to talk about it. But this this crap ain't going nowhere. This racism, this blatant racism, it ain't going nowhere until we start talking about it, period, nope. and getting real with it. It's the crux of why we have podcasts. We know we need to talk about things. Girl, we going to get bucket. We getting bucket, bucket naked next next Tuesday. Bucket naked. So next Tuesday, y'all can hop on Monica. I'll see you back here next Thursday. I want to thank you, Charlie. Thank you, Terry. Monica, you know I love when you pop up here. Some days I'm going to feel like I don't have a show if Monica ain't on here. My mom's here with me. 
And I know I'm going to probably, I may get a couple of calls uh, from some folks that weren't here. I had somebody last week when she called, she said, I was at a tennis match and I couldn't talk, but I was listening <laughs> on the phone while I was sitting in the bleachers. And we I appreciate that support. Yeah, I, I do. I appreciate it. And I want to thank everybody because I, I'm one of these early folks that was on here. Monica and Terry are two of the, the people that have kept this, this platform going and, and have, have made it what it is. So I'm just thankful to be in their company. Uh, I will be back here next week. I will look forward to seeing everybody. I am going to go in and have dinner with the family and be good to yourself and then be good to somebody else. Absolutely. Good night, everybody. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for the inspiration. Thank you. Thank you for listening. I'm your host, Dr. Lisa Summerhour. And until next time, remember, your life, your journey, and divorce is not a destination. Created live on Fireside.